0: Everybody, Mitch Keller pitched really well yesterday, he sure did, 5 innings, 8 strikeouts, good command, went right at the hitters, and honestly at this point, I just want to see this club hit, I just want to hear the crack of the bat. Good morning to you, good Monday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates, comes your way bright and early. Every weekday morning, if you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The Pirates lost to the Giants by a 4-1 count yesterday at PNC Park. And yes, Mitch Keller did pitch well. And no, for once, they weren't able to produce a big, dramatic walk-off after having pulled that off both Friday and and Saturday. And I see the positive signs with Mitch and with a lot of these younger pitchers. And I appreciate the significance of those positive signs and what they mean toward the franchise's future especially especially as it relates to Mitch I've circled him in indelible blood-red ink for more than two years now as being the pivotal figure at the top level who needs to show progress for this franchise's plan to stay on a good, healthy course. So it's great to see, and you know what, it's great to hear Afterward, the kids sounding a, a little bit more confident and showing some of that emotion as well on the mound. Uh, yeah, I mean, last start, I think it was or it was the fourth inning again. Uh, same situation, and we all know how the last one went. So it was a big moment for me just getting out of that uh, second and third, nobody out, striking out the side there. Uh, it was a huge moment, and uh, I felt really good to – be on the other end of the fourth inning there. That's fine. I, I This is terrific. It, it really is. If, in fact, Keller has found something, has some kind of breakthrough, with the tunneling of his pitches, the execution of his pitches, the consistency with which his varied arsenal makes it into the catcher's mitt, all of that is great. Counts big. But you know what I'm doing? You know what I'm doing after these games? Sometimes during these games, I'm scouring the minor leagues. Not for pitchers. For hitters. For hope. Maybe this is the old school Pittsburgh baseball nut in me. Because I go way, 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 way back with this team. And... If I went back even farther than that, I'd be recognizing and respecting a legacy with this team that's always been founded on offense, that's always been lumber and lightning, that's always been about the guy stepping up to the plate. Other teams are different. Believe it or not, if that sounds to you like the only thing you'd know, these very giants, if you've ever spent any time in and around San Francisco or the fan base there, are all about pitching. And sure, they had Barry, they had Jeff Kent, they've had other guys who could hit. But all of the the respect, the foundation... Of who they are and what they do is all about pitching. You can sense it in the crowd there, the way they pay such close attention to the pitching and the admiration that they show for their guys when they're good at that. Uh, that's probably the extreme example in that regard in the National League, but there are others. Atlanta is another, you know, and think about it. What was Atlanta raised on? You know, the current generation, the past generation, it was the John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox generation. All they ever saw was great pitching, and the Braves were built on great pitching, even with their Chipper Jones and other outstanding position players. The Pirates haven't been that. The Pirates haven't been that going back to 1887. The next great pitcher in Pirates history, will be the first. I'm not saying that as some sort of short-sighted slam, okay? This is, this is a team that's got 13 guys in the Hall of Fame, and a couple of them are Roberto Clemente, Hannes Wagner, Willie Stargill. There's a lot there. There just has never been a truly, truly great pitcher Ask yourself who was the best pitcher ever, ever in Pirates history, and you'll start talking about, ooh, like John Candelaria. And and it's not a shot at candy. I was just saying, but John Candelaria is not a Hall of Fame pitcher. John Candelaria was extraordinarily competitive for a spell there in the 70s, but, you know, greatest pitcher ever? There were some guys that had some longevity. In the 50s and 60s, the Bob Friends, Vern Laws, guys like that. Not great, not great pitchers. You can't even find any going back to the, the Wagner era when the Pirates were the best team in the National League for pretty much a decade But hitters, hitters are everywhere. So we're we're kids here in Pittsburgh, and we grow up seeing hitters and cheering for hitters. And even this past little run of three playoff appearances, if you think about it, you know, was built on Andrew McCutcheon. You know, uh, it was about bats. Neil Walker, the local kid with the bat. That was the identity Starling Marte had. Of that team. We knew they could hit. They'd stay in games by hitting. Yeah, they had some pitchers too. But, you know, what do we think about when we think of the blackout game? Yeah, Russell Martin's home run. Russell Martin could hit. This team that we're watching right now doesn't hit particularly well. And I know some of that's symptomatic to what's going on around baseball with everybody striking out. But Adam Frazier now accounts for 17% of this team's total hits. Now, he is the National League hits leader, which is wonderful. And if you watch him and Brian Reynolds bat at the top of the order, 1-2, you can fool yourself for about five minutes into thinking that this is a lineup that's worth watching, and it's not. It's not. Certainly not without Brian Hayes. Certainly not without Colin Moran. And it's been a while now. Hayes hasn't played since the second game. Moran's been out for a couple weeks, probably going to be out for another week. And it can make you a little loopy, you know? Watching this kind of offense and expecting someone like Kai Tom to come through, you know, in the clutch. Ben Gamble's showing up off the waiver wire. So that's what I do. That's what I do. I I will go through the minor leagues looking for people who can hit. I'm not going to lie, in Bradenton, I did the same thing. Sure, you pay attention to everybody, and I got the beginnings of my excitement about this bullpen while I was down there and watching some of these guys in their live arms and – whether it was David Badnar throwing hard or Miguel Yahure throwing soft. I saw things that I liked, but I kept looking for the offense. I kept listening for that crack of the bat. And it's going to be a while. It's going to take some significant patience. Nick Gonzalez, you know, I, I heard a couple cracks of the bat from him. And he's starting to make some good things happen, driving the ball the other way, hitting for some power. Travis Swaggerty, the only outfield prospect in the system, is showing some punch as well. Three home runs, doing some good, smart things at the plate. And by all accounts, he can stay at center field. He doesn't have to get moved off center field when he gets to the majors. The list isn't long. The list isn't long. And I just no longer know how I feel about this draft coming up. And I totally get that a team like the Pirates can't afford to go out into free agency and sign themselves Elite starting pitcher. So the only way you're ever going to get them is either to mold them yourself or draft one super high, as in, you know, number one overall. So you take a Jack Lighter, you take a Kumar Rocker, and there you go instantly, 20% of your rotation is set. But I want to see some hitters here. I'm tired of watching this. If this sounds irrational and short-fused or whatever it is, so be it. I'm here to be honest with you. I watch this team just like you do. And it's no fun. It is no fun watching this team at the plate. And it takes a little bit too much work. And as many guys as I want in the minor league system to be doing this. Hopefully they'll all be here soon. Hopefully we'll have our pick. You know, O'Neill Cruz will make it. He's the six foot seven shortstop who really shouldn't be at shortstop anymore, but he can hit. Certainly can hit for power. We'll see if he can hit for average. I just, I just want to see them. I want to see people hit the ball. I want to see the Pittsburgh baseball club regain some semblance of identity and that in this town will always be about the bats. When we come back, Just One Question. Welcome back, it's time for Just One Question. Today's comes from Biggie Ant, who asks, Are they keeping this Frazier? He, of course, means the Frazier, who wasn't a complete catastrophe. To put it mildly, that being Adam Frazier, your National League hits leader. And my answer to that is, boy, I hope not. I hope not. Because if they don't keep Adam Frazier, meaning by the trade deadline, it'll mean that Ben Charrington will have gotten what he wanted for Frazier all along, including December, January, and February when Frazier was known to be on the market. He was available. He was out there. There there wasn't even a really secretive component to it. It was just out there. Everyone knew it. But teams undoubtedly looked back at his 2020 in which he dipped off, and they looked back probably, to in, into his 2019 prolonged slumps that would get offset by prolonged streaks that were really, really great, and then he'd kind of fall off again. And they probably saw, and rightly saw, an inconsistent player. And you know what? For all we know, that'll still apply this season. The fact that Frazier has kept it going from the very beginning of spring training through to right now is, that's the exception for him. It's not the norm. The fact that he stayed this steady that he's... Uh, driven the ball so consistently, the fact that he's shown the pop that he has, uh, hitting all different kinds of pitches. By now, everyone's trying to uncover any kind of weakness, any kind of shortcoming, even a way to pitch around him. Because let's be honest here, if you pitch around Frazier and Brian Reynolds, you know, you're, you're looking pretty good with the state of the lineup right now and all these injuries. But I'd like to think that Charrington had a fair price attached to Frazier, meaning from the Pittsburgh perspective. Because there are always two ways you can go with these things. If you're Charrington and you say, listen, you know, I'd like to get, uh, let's say, two top 15 prospects from another organization for this player. And that didn't come his way this offseason. Well, now here's Frazier leading the National League in hits. I haven't mentioned that already. Two-time Gold Glove finalist in the past two years at second base. And then you look around baseball and see that there just aren't that many guys hitting the ball anymore. Like, hitting is just a dying art. You're either hitting the ball out of the park or you're striking out or you're walking. And Frazier's hitting it in all different kinds of ways with a, a short, compact, repeatable swing that you would think would lend further credibility to all this. If Charrington now attaches that same price or maybe even raises it a little bit, which he'd be crazy not to. And he doesn't get it. He can keep Frazier. He can. Frazier's 29 years old. And he can play a lot of different positions. He's not just a second baseman. So for anybody who says, well, Nick Gonzalez is your top-hitting prospect in the minors, and Gonzalez is absolutely your second baseman of the future, first of all, you don't know that. Secondly... If he is, whatever, and Fraser's still here, move him around a little bit. It's not as cut and dried. It's not as black and white as these things often tend to be laid out. Adam Fraser could be part of the Pirates moving forward. Heck, Charrington has said that explicitly, and he doesn't strike me as a BS artist. He really doesn't. But let's not pretend that the optimal outcome here isn't making the trade that Charrington wants because so far to date Charrington has looked very very good with these exchanges. For those of you who don't follow the minor leagues closely um... I'd advise you to take a second look before you start repeating things that you hear elsewhere, like Pirates are always giving their players away, and oh, there goes another good one like Jamison Tyone. And you say something like that without looking at what's actually come back for Tyone, which would probably convince you in a span of less than a minute and a half that the Pirates have robbed the Yankees blind in that trade. If there were to be another trade available that plays like the Joe Musgrove trade, like the Tyone trade, like the Josh Bell trade, like the Starling Marte trade, if there's another one in that mold, yes, yes, a thousand times yes, you make that trade. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening. The Daily Shot of Pirates will do another one tomorrow.